Welcome back to our official club podcast, All About Ours. I'm Simon Cheshire, and once again, I'm joined by former England international and Rangers winger, Andy Sinton. Since, how are we? How was the international break, the third and final one for you? Yeah, good. Got a bit of, got a bit of landscape gardening done for my son, but uh, missed the fix. Can't wait to get back to the action. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to getting back. Once again, we'll be covering all things QPR, football-related, and giving us an insight into life in W12. All About Ours is available on our website, SoundCloud, Recast, Spotify, and iTunes channels. So we have plenty of options to tune in and get your QPR fit wherever you are. First of all, having made 103 appearances in all competitions for the Rs, scoring 58 memorable goals during a period of success for Rangers, playing a pivotal role in our promotion winning side of 2003-04, and now playing a role in the success of our academy. We're delighted to be joined by former striker Paul Furlow. Paul, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. That, that, you read off a list there. That was, a, that was fantastic. <laughs> it was impressive to hear. That was great. Fantastic. That was just your career. <laughs> Brilliant. First of all, we have to reflect on your time here as a player. It didn't start off as great as you may have wanted to, but you left as a QPR legend, as a forever R, as you are now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. I mean, listen, I, I've had uh, five... And I would say very good years. I mean, even even at the start, um, I remember I came in uh, under Ian Holloway, um, uh, and the, the style he wanted to play. He spoke about six seconds, so he wanted the opposition to have the ball for no longer than six seconds. He had to go and run and close the ball down. And I think when I came from uh, Birmingham at the time, I don't think I was quite fit enough to play that style of football. I'd had a couple of injuries as well, so I wasn't quite fit enough. Um, and the fans made it known with no uncertain terms. It was it was tough times here at, at Loftus Road, which it was called back back then. Um, but you know, you know, I I I, I commend uh, Ian Holloway and his bravery um, to keep me in the team, to keep playing me, keep playing me, keep playing me. Because really, I look at it now, and the way it started, it could have ended quite quickly. Um, but he perse- persevered with me. Uh, and I managed to get to find my feet, get my fitness back, and then started to score goals, and then started to perhaps turn, turn the crowd round. First, can I just ask you on that? That's really interesting with Ollie sticking with you. We used to chat about things, but how much confidence did that give you that the manager kept playing you, stuck with you, believed in you? Yeah. How much confidence did that give you at the time, even though you probably weren't scoring as often as you would like, or yeah. you said he went on top of your fitness, but that must, have, that must have meant a lot. It was massive, it was massive. Uh, I remember when I first came in and I signed, um, his wife was into the talent cards, uh, and he that before he signed me, he'd done a talent reading, he got his wife to do a talent reading on myself. Uh, so when I came in, he said, oh, you know, he explained to me that his <laughs> wife does talent cards. Uh, do, I, do I wanna know what, what's said about me? And I said, I was a bit sceptical about it, but he, he spoke about hard work, dedication, those sort of things, you know. So, uh, you know, and a matter of fact, I, I came in and, 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 you know, wasn't scoring at the time. There was, we would have many discussions about, oh, don't worry, keep on getting yourselves in the right position, etc., etc. I think I remember he bought me a book and the book was titled, Don't Worry, Keep Working Hard or something like that. Uh, so I read that for a little bit, and but one thing I will say, um, Andy, is that I had confidence in my ability. I had big confidence in my ability. So although things weren't quite going well on the pitch for me at that moment in time, I was confident that you know after yeah after a matter of time, you know you get one, then you start to get two, and I was always confident of that. And as a striker, you're playing in probably for me the most difficult position on the pitch. And, yeah, that's why you go for big money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you've just got to keep getting there, working hard, and eventually, if you back yourself, goals will. Yeah. 
goals World Cup. One hundred percent, and that's what I tried to do. I just kept trying to keep on getting myself in the positions. I mean, it was it, it, it became a little ugly down here where I didn't even want my family to come and watch me with the abuse I was getting at the time, you know. And I just had to ride that. I had to ride that, and that was part and parcel. Uh, and that's a strength of character as well, isn't it? Which a lot yeah. of people, yeah. you know, you talk about as footballers, but mm. to make a, a good career for yourself, mm. you're going to have to have that. That's an answer. We'll come on to the academy, but that's a massive part of being a yeah. footballer, isn't it? One hundred percent. Being able to deal with adversity, yeah. injuries, loss of form, yeah. change of manager that doesn't fancy you've got to, you've got to play through that, haven't you? Exactly, and, and and I think I would definitely say coming having come through that, it may be a stronger individual, most definitely. But no, I mean the, 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 to have the backing of the manager in Holloway at the time was was massive. Because uh, it could have been quite easy for him to pull me out, yeah. put somebody else in and say, like, have a rest, uh, you know, we'll bring you back at another time. But he persevered with me, and that's something that kind of stuck with me, which is why I said earlier on, I commend him for his bravery. Was there sort of one moment that was the pinpoint that changed everything for you? Or... Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, I know we spoke off, off air a little bit about um, Kevin Gallon. We struck up a good partnership, um, and he, was, he always had me back. Um, I was and... like to play with Kev. He was top man. I mean, he was a good player, very good player. His, 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 his movement, his, his hold-up play, he could score goals as well. So for me, he was that all-rounder. And I think we complemented each other. I was probably the, slightly bigger than him. He was slightly smaller than me. So, you know, the old, but back then it was more 4-4-2. Yeah. Big man, little man up top. And I think we worked quite well. Yeah. But that pivotal moment when things changed me, I think it was um, Chesterfield away. Um, I got that one goal at Chesterfield away, and I never forget Kevin Gallon sort of like coming up, and I think he he held me hand up to the, the fans and said, "Yeah, that 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 do you know what I mean?" And then from then, like, that for me was a pivotal moment. After that, things seemed to slide into place a little bit. Then I scored again, I scored again, I scored again. All of a sudden, the fans are now singing my name a little bit. Now I'm confident with that. I start I'm scoring again, and that was a pivotal moment. I think it was Chesterfield away. I have to look that back up. I think it was Chesterfield away when I scored. Yeah. And then we went full circle, and then obviously the Oldham game here is yeah. a moment that many QPR fans still talk about today. Every yeah. time playoffs are mentioned, oh, is it as good as the Oldham game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that sort of like for you? That was a that was a magical moment for me. If I'm really honest, um, I had uh, my two young sons in the crowd. I had my uh, some very close friends, family friends at the game, uh, and I remember the game. It was a tense game. You know, it's like those playoffs games. You know, make no bones about it. It's their pressure games. And, then, and I remember we, uh, we drew up at their place, if I remember rightly, then we bring them back here. Uh, and it was, a, it, it was a fantastic occasion. And, 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 and I don't forget when Clark Carlisle, he's cleared the ball. And it was like an aimless clear, so he's cleared it. And I thought to myself, I can get on this. So I've made a run, got on the ball, and um, Paul, who was there, centre-back, who was there, I can't remember his first name Fitzhall. now. Fitzhall, that's right. He was, he was, I was playing against him. And he made an early lunge for the ball, and I managed to get my foot there to block his tackle. And the ball just fell nicely for me, and I managed to strike it in the far corner. And I remember coming down this end here and celebrating with the fans. But you know, even now, some some of the fans say to me, and you spoke about it. People still talk about it now. But they said that the, the, the ground actually rocked; it moved. Do you know what I mean? And the atmosphere was like no other. And I mean, I said to you off, off here as well that you know to come here and play, to so enjoy coming here under the lights, tight ground, great atmosphere. Yeah. But that night was a fantastic night. It was a fantastic, really was a fantastic night. Then obviously we had to the disaster, well not disaster, that's the wrong word, but the, the bad day in Cardiff. Yeah. And then it went the season after, we sort of kicked on again, and then you had Sheffield Wednesday away, yeah. Hillsborough, another moment in our <laughs> history, isn't it? And yeah. There you are, popping up with the, the fur goal, which sealed our promotion. 8,000 fans there, wasn't it, behind yes, the goal? Yes, that's right, yes, exactly, yeah, what a, what a day that was. So you look at the, the Cardiff, um, and I think, you know, I had a good chance, I think, earlier in the game, 
where I thought I could have done better. And then even later on in the game, I remember Tommy Williams going down the left wing. And I think I, I, I'd scored before he had even done anything because I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> he's going to get there, he's going to square it, I'm going to tap it in, decided which way I'm going to run, and all sorts before it even happened. But he decided to go for goal at the time, you know, and uh, he didn't score. And that was a moment where, you know, you're thinking, what if, what if? So we ended up losing the game anyway. Um, and that was my first recollection. That, that, that brought tears to my eyes, that, you know, getting so close, but yet so far. So you, I went back into the change room and, and there's big players in the, in the change room crying their eyes out. I'm thinking, bloody hell, this is, like a, this is a big moment. So I remember Ian Holloway, he didn't have too much really to say at the end of the game. He kind of just spoke about, remember how you're feeling now. Just remember how you're feeling now, okay? Because next year, we're coming back. Okay, uh, and so said, so done, really. Do you know what I mean? Um, so you almost used that heartache, that setback, as a as a motivational tool to spur you on. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And you know, for me, Ian Holloway, in terms of his team talks, probably one of the best out there in terms because I played under quite a few managers over in time. But he's once you finish, you you were up, you were up for the game, you were yeah. up for the ninety minutes, you'd run for the brick wall, you'd do whatever it takes. Do you know what I mean? Very inspiring, very inspiring. What was he like when you played with him? Since obviously, did you Ollie. think he'd go into management? Uh, I always thought he did because he was, you know, he'd, he'd be looking at training sessions. He, I think, he had a fantastic relationship with Jerry. Um, so yeah, Ollie was a student of the game. Probably wasn't. He was mad. He wasn't as mad <laughs> as, as a player as, as as when I say mad in the nicest possible way. Ollie was inspirational. You know, he's had a fantastic um, managerial career. If you look at the clubs he's managed and the amount of games that he did, the longevity. And uh, Ollie be the first one. He, as a player, and it's a great lesson for youngsters. He got the maximum, the maximum from what he had, and I think that's a real, a real art. You know, you you all can't be Roy Wigglies of this world. You know, that can dance past people as if they're not there. Um, but Ollie was a, well, he was an instrumental part of our great team that we had here in the early nineties. You know, played his part, underrated, and no surprise the type of career he had as a manager. And then obviously under Holloway we got promoted in the end, we're in the championship and the four or five years was sort of one for you that was a real personal career. So what was that? So it was the four or five season. Right, yes, yes, yes. It was a bit of a highlight for you, wasn't it? You've scored a lot of goals and yeah. it was an important year for yeah. us. And yeah. kind of similar really to this season that we get into January, we're quite around the playoffs and we could kick on and we Ultimately, didn't that year, but we had the chance to, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, when you look at the team now, I think that the, the first team are doing really well. I think uh, Mark Wilton's come in and done a great job. I mean, he had to turn it around. Uh, and I think uh, from the regime before, uh, I think you look at the team and probably Ilias is probably the only one that's still around, really. I think so. There's been a massive overhaul. And I think, you know, I look at the players, I mean, I, I, you know, with working with the B team over at Harrington now, I get a close look at the players. And there seems to be a good team spirit. There seems to be a good buzz about the about the ground. Everybody seems to be pulling in the, in the right direction. And you know, I mean, who, who knows how far they can go? I mean, they've got an important game tomorrow, which I, I know they're looking to get points from. Um, but now looking, in, in, I think he's done a great job, and the team are looking in great shape. And then, obviously, in that squad, Albert Adoma, someone that you know from your time you crossed paths at Barnet. Yeah. He was the sort of the apprentice, the young player coming through, and you sort of passed your experience on. And I know we sort of spoken and he sort of, he's that player now, passing yeah. the experience on to the younger players. Yeah. What, what sort of things did you say to him or would he now be saying to the younger lads? I mean, first and foremost, I mean, Albert always had ability. Uh, he had pace and, you know, pace puts the fear of God into defenders. 
so we always had that uh, and, and could cross the ball as well and, and, and could nick a goal as well. I, mean, I always used to say, I used to, used to play in wide areas, I always used to say I hated goal scoring wingers. Do you know what I mean? I just wanted them to cross it for me to score. Do you know what I mean? So I hated when they came inside. I knew when to score. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I mean, the thing, sort of things, I just be consistent, continue, you know, practice what you do. So if you're going to be across the ball, you're a wide player, after training, spend a couple of minutes just practicing getting balls into the box, you know, uh, and, and 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 never say never say die. Continue to work hard, and, and and you will reap the rewards. And I think so said, so done. I mean, you look at him now. I think he's what, 38 years of age now, and I, I just saw him today after training. And you look at him; he, he's trim, and you can see he looks after himself, and, and he lives the right lifestyle. So I was fortunate enough to play till I was 42. So I was in, I was playing for Barnet, uh, League Two at the time, 42 years of age, still running around scoring goals. You know, so you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, who's just come back from there from Manchester to Man United. People who want to look after themselves and prolong their career. What was the motivation of Dustin to play? To was it just the love of the game? Was it the the, the thrill of scoring goals, running out in front of people? Um, what kept you going? Yeah, so long. I think uh, I remember I always had so when I sort of got into my 30s, 31, 32, that sort of age, I always said I wanted to play till 38. Why 38? I don't know why 38, but I just always said I want to play 38 and then I want to come out of the game. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I got to about sort of 36, yeah, around right about 36, and I remember having a meeting uh, with Ian Holloway at the time, and he said, like, you know, how do you see your future? What do you want to do? And I said, well, I said, I'm happy playing at the moment. Um, at this time, I wasn't interested in coaching. I wasn't interested in going into a game that, in that sort of form. Um, and I said, I'm going to play to 38. And then I said, that, that'll do me, I think. And he said, well, I think that you can play for longer than that. And then he kind of put a seed of thought into my mind. I thought, really? He said, yeah, I think you could play longer than that. So then he said, if you set your sights higher, so change that 38 to perhaps 40. Change that 38 to perhaps 40, and you'll get there. So and then, so I, I ended up playing till I was forty two. Um, did you adjust your training to 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 get to that point? Did you train a little bit less? Did you manage your body a little bit better? Did yeah. you have a word with the manager and say, you know what, can I just do half the yeah, session yeah. today? Was there a little bit of that coming? Yeah, to I mean, it's a great a great question, Andy. Yes, I had to change what I did. Um, so after a game on a Saturday, we'd be off on a Sunday. On a Monday, I'd come in and I'd be the one jogging around the outside, a little twenty minute jog around the outside, stretch. And that was me. And you obviously you can get the players that are training, they give it up. You know, look at big time furlong out there running around the outside, you know what I mean? But um, you know, it it, 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 it it preserved my body, it allowed me to go on for longer. And it, and then another thing as well, coming towards the end of my career, it's like it's I was doing something that I love to do. So I was getting paid for it, it was my job. But if I wasn't playing for for, for a career, I would have been doing it not getting paid for it and I would continue to do it anyway. So the, when I was coming towards the end, I, get, I began to sort of look after my, myself better. better yeah. I was almost trying to grasp onto yeah. every single Keep little bit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. every single little bit. So my food changed, yeah. uh, my, my dietary bits and pieces, my fluids that I took on board, how I sort of um, cooled down after matches, yeah. ice baths before, that sort of thing. I was really spot on with that, you know, and it, that then, Abled me to go on to playing to us. I think the key to that as well is doing all of that so you can contribute. I think there's nothing worse for the player who just hangs on for yeah. hanging on. Say, yeah, you, you, my opinion, you have to yeah. want to and have to contribute to your team on a Saturday. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because uh, uh, the last manager I had here was John Gregory, um, and I was thirty-eight, um, and I felt I had one more year here. I felt I could play one more year here quite easily and contribute, like you said. 
Uh, but it wasn't to be. I mean, he had other plans and fair play to, to John Gregory. I mean, the manager comes in, he has his ideas and, and, so, and so be it. So then I left the club then. But I always felt, I always thought to myself, I had one more year, one more year. But, uh, you know, that's football. <laughs> <laughs> then you moved on, you joined the academy, you came back in mm-hmm. 2014. How's that sort of been since the start in 2014? You sort yeah. of worked your way up now, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, my, my, my two sons uh, were part of the academy. Um, and I used to enjoy coming and watching them. I used to enjoy bringing them to training and then going home and talking about training. I used to, I used to love that. Um, and then one time I was watching and uh, Steve Gallant said to me, he was an academy manager at the time, he said, why don't I come in and help out? And I was like, no, Steve, it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I just want to watch my boys. So the parents would be one end, I'd be on my own there just watching quietly how he's getting on. He kept on asking and I thought to myself, you know what, let's, let's give it a go, let's give it a go. So I came in on a part-time basis, sort of working with 13s, 14s, 15 years of age, and really enjoyed it. I mean, I'd done a little bit of grassroots before that, but coming into this environment, this elite environment, it was called um, School of Excellence at the time, a centre of excellence, shall I say, at the time, um, and thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, and, and then, uh, so, then EPPP comes out, um, and then that allowed me to have a full-time role within football, I then started, I assisted Steve Gannon, who was doing under-18s at the time. I assisted him, and that was where a lot of good learning for me took place under him, because he had been doing that role for, for, for quite some time. Uh, so that's how I came in, you know, and um, then Steve moves on, he does the under-21s. I then take over, do the under-18s, have a, a, a really good time at that, thoroughly enjoyed that role, um, and done that for the best part of eight, nine years, I think it was, in the end. Um, and just to turn a Christmas there, um, I moved up with the 23s and the B team. But having worked with the under 18s, it was so rewarding to see, you know, the boys come in as under 16s and, you know, and then to see them play in our first team or yeah. go to somebody else's first team was so rewarding to know that you've had to play a little part in their careers, you know? I mean, they come in and, you know, once they've been in the building for a little bit, you see the clothes change, then they learn how to drive, they get by a car and they, it's really fascinating to see how that, how that develops and pans out. And some of the players now, I still speak to them now, you know, players that have perhaps moved on or whatever, they still drop a text from time to time. And Brilliant. so it's not all nicey-nicey. Sometimes they've got to get a, a, a firm word, yeah, yeah. but I think in the long run that, that they accept that and they, 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 they understand that, you know, it's for a reason to get them to, or get the, their full potential out. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, then, as I said, the turn of Christmas, I started working with the, the, the 23s with Andrew Impey um, and been fortunate enough to work with the B teams in recent times because Hawley has been part of the Jamaica national team. Yeah. So he's, he went out there and I then took the reins on there. And thoroughly enjoy working with the older player, um, the quality, the intensity, raises, or, you know. And it's more uh, probably where I want to be. Uh, yeah. I do want to. Uh, have a shot at first team. Yeah. Not necessarily saying manager first and foremost, but I would like to coach in that environment. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I find myself today, really thoroughly enjoying it. Um, Your coaching career is probably, it doesn't mirror a playing career, but it does to a degree, because in your coaching career, you started at a level. Yes. You're evolving every day, yeah. you're learning every day, you're yeah. watching more experience mm. as a player, you're looking at experienced players. Yeah. As a coach or a manager, you're looking at experienced managers, yeah. what they say, what they do. Yeah. You go in your courses, mm, yeah. you do your, you learn them. So as a coach, you never stand still there. No, no. I mean, you have to keep on. It's, it's almost like having an open mindset. Yeah. You've always got to be open to learning all the time. Um, and, you know, I've got great people around me. Chris Ramsey, who, who, who's been in with me. 
um, the knowledge and the detail that he puts into what he does is, is incredible and also his work ethic is, yeah. is second I've never seen anybody so one day he could be coming in working with the under nine uh, with the first team and then he could be working with the under nine later on in the evening you know so his work ethic is 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 is, is, is fantastic uh, and I've learned so much off of working with him then obviously the new training ground has been announced work started at Heston how exciting is that to be involved in at the academy from the first team side and both yeah. academy side uh, from the first uh, from the first team point of view I mean to have good facilities around you uh, is always going to be good uh, it's always it's, it's going to be a vehicle for attracting better players perhaps um, and from an academy point of view I think there's nothing better than a young 16 year old player to be in the canteen, walking across, walking through the corridor, and speaking to a first team player, picking up a little bit of knowledge is you know it's invaluable. So I think for all of us to be on one site, um, I think will be will be really I think a big thing for the academy and for the first team themselves. And then obviously the academy lads they do a lot of work off the field as well as on it, don't they? They do coaching courses, badges, and different descriptions and that. How important is that for you to like instill into the lads that yeah. they need to? have a seconds part career as well, yeah. as well as just a footballer. Yeah, I think it's massive um, because when you look at the stats of players that actually go through and play, it's it's not that high. Well, uh, I say it's the hardest step up. Mm -hmm. You'll hear me when I commentate on the 23s, you know what I'll say. You come through all the age groups, you yeah. play with your own age, basically, you might get stepped up a level. Yeah. But you get to that 23 and suddenly you, that step up from where you are now, and you might be very good at that level. Yeah. But you know where you have to get to on a regular basis. I think that's. Would you agree? I think that's. It's yeah. a huge step. That's that's the toughest. I would say that's the toughest. Uh, so yeah. So these boys, um, you know, the the, the light of them really going through and playing is it, tough. So we arrange these, or the, the guys uh, arrange these workshops to give them a, an insight yeah. as to what else, other things that might be out there and that might take their fancy, you know. I mean, I think the work that the guys do behind the scenes is, is incredible in terms of the workshops they put on, in terms of getting people that are in banking, how to look after money, how to look after finances, um, things about uh, health and safety, um, inclusion. Uh, we had one most recently, Islamophobia. Do you know what I mean? So really opening up their minds to what was going on in the world and, and the other options that are out there, you know? So for, for, so for the academy and the, and the workshops, I mean, we just try to instill, we want to, uh, to kind of develop well-rounded human beings that are able to go out to the world and adapt. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. what we really want. It's so important. Yeah. That's, that's it, as you were saying, really, yeah. really important. Yeah. And then obviously, do you speak, do you pass on advice to the younger lads as well, sort of when I was... 17, 18, this is what I was doing to ensure my body was ready for when I was yeah, 14. Yeah, I want to say yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely when I was coming towards the end of my career, I wouldn't say no to <laughs> No, but now, I mean, I do try to pass on little bits from time to time. Um, uh, and it's more about, you know, how, how to conduct yourself. I mean, and sometimes it's not necessarily what you say. I mean, if you conduct yourself in a certain way, people watch you. Do you know what I mean? If you you know if you're going to be the boss, the manager, the person who picks the team, and you carry yourself in a certain way, because I used to be, I used to watch a lot of people yeah. and try to pick up the good habits and the bad ones or the ones I didn't think for me, I pushed to one side. Uh, so I think it's important, and one especially when I was with the under 18s, I kind of used to speak to the young boys about the hoops and the badge. I think Steve Gannon was, I think I heard it from Steve Gannon before. Like you could go over the park, and you know the shirt, the QPR shirt is quite unique. So you could be over, and you could be, I don't know, 100, 200 yards away, and you can look, and yeah, there's QPR, there they are over there, do you know what I mean? Because the hoops are so, you know, outstanding. 
Uh, and in the badge as well, how important and how to precious it is to play, to represent the club, do you know what I mean? And what the fans demand, hard work, dedication, resilience, those sort of things. So I tried to instill that into, into the boys, yeah. Reflecting on the shirt, what was the feeling like when Darnell pulled it on for the first time? Was it well, yeah, fan? I mean, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a big occasion. It really is a big occasion. And, um, you know, I was, you know, he came in here uh, at the age of 11 uh, and he left around about 2021. 20, but to see him actually put on a first team shirt and run out at Loftus Road, which it was called at the time, was some, some, you know, it's so proud. It was so, so, so proud. You know what I mean? It so brings, brings a tear to your eye. Do you know what I mean? To see him actually out there running around. So it was yeah, really, really good, really good feeling. And since just looking ahead now for the run before Christmas, quite a few tough games in there, haven't we? Simon, they're all tough. You know, this this league is relentless. I know we've had a little break, but what I've seen over many years, if you're not quite at it, Paul will back me up here, if you're slightly opposite team individually, you get punished, you'll get beat. Um, if you look at the teams we've got to play, starting tomorrow, Luton, tough game. Done really well under Nathan Jones, will come here. Be hard to beat. There's a little bit of rivalry, so so there's one. And we're very quickly back. Wins tonight, Huddersfield, riding high. You know, uh, there we go. The, the, to Derby with their problems that they've got. Sheffield United. I'm just looking at the list there. Sheffield United, Swansea, Bournemouth. You know, coming up. It's no easy game. You have to earn. And I'm sure he instills it to the youngsters as well. You have to earn every point, every victory. Um, and if you if 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 you're off, and if you're not, well, as an individual, if you're off it, you're under risk of losing your place. Yeah. Uh, and as a team, if you if you have a bad week, you can go from what is a, a promising position to back into the, the middle of the pack. Everyone fighting for the same thing. So uh, every game is vital, every game on its merits. But, you know, Paul said earlier on, we're doing well. Mm. Need to be a little bit better in certain situations. But credit to Mark, he's got us in and around the mix. Now's the time to kick off. Mm. I was just going to say as well, even the championship, it's a it's a brutal league, really, you know, like when you think about your Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, relentless, relentless yeah, 100%. And anybody can beat anybody, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's a tough, tough league, but as you rightly said, you know, if you can get a bit of consistency, one, one or two games, you can push yourself up, but likely the other side, if you lose one or two, it can make you, you know, not, yeah. not so favourable. It's probably 12 or 13 teams, 14 teams mm -hmm. maybe, all think, you know, we're quite big clubs, we should be back at the big time. Um, and you've only got to look at certain teams who've been in that level for a long, long time. Once you're in it, tough to get out of it. That's where the consistency comes in, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Uh, injuries, suspensions, strength of squad, youngsters coming through, all goes into the mix. Backing up the fans. If you can put the majority of that together, you've got a chance to do it. Sounds like Tom Kramer. Going to have to leave it there. It's been great to be joined by yourself, Paul. Thank you for yeah. taking the time. Well, thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Thank you very much indeed. And it's a pleasure. Indeed. Cheers. Great to see you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Yeah. And yourself. <laughs> and as always, since. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Hopefully, we can pick up where we left off over the festive period and come on your arms. <laughs>